0: Hey, welcome into episode 64 of the Best Coast Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Brandon, and again, I have Zach and Jordan. How are you guys doing today?
1: Dude, we got to get video going soon so that the people can see my sweet dance moves during the intro song.
0: We do need that, <laughs> I mean, yeah. actually. I think we're, you know, it's almost time, I think, to get that set up. I, I've, I'm i pretty close to being ready for this.
2: I don't know if the internet's ready to see my face. Like, that's just a... Uh...
0: The internet's going to see your They're face gonna love you. in a couple of days, because I'm going to be posting videos and pictures from this weekend. Let's so
1: yo, go. let's go draft weekend. It was so much fun.
0: Especially that last photo you sent us, follow us in front of the camp Sasquatch sign. Like that's got to go up.
1: Oh yeah. That was dope.
0: Yeah. yeah. The survivors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we made it to the end. Uh, for those of you that don't know, we talk about it kind of pretty frequently. But this last weekend, we had our annual camping trip with our rookie draft for our main dynasty league. Uh, we all get together, we take off, we go camping for three or four days, or some of us go for one night. But we're not going to talk about that. And um, <laughs> and we all uh, you know go hang out. We draft. We we hold our own combine uh, that involves. Consuming too many alcoholic beverages and doing really stupid games, um, but it's all very entertaining. And I will post shout some... out
1: to Shout out to Sam Zach's wife for uh, for helping us set up the combine and all the rules and everything.
0: The combine czar herself. Yes. that is no joke. She legitimately puts together a like PowerPoint presentation of all of the rules, the games, everything that we do. It's absolutely amazing. Uh this year I think they were a little lenient on us. Uh my fiance <laughs> and Zach's wife uh does like all of our refereeing, and I think they were a little lenient on us on our sanctions this year. Certainly um,
1: more lenient than last year, but I think we were also a little more well behaved than last year.
2: Yeah. Well yeah, you, you know, you you set the example early, you set the tone early that anything can and will be punished, and then you, you don't act up after that. That's just smart.
0: Yeah. And then you just tone it down just a little bit. So they're like, ah, it wasn't as bad as last year. Like we don't have to punish them. Um, I mean, I received six sanctions last year. I think we had like five total this year. So, you know, it can't be, can't be that bad, but. I did have um, to go
2: dig a poop hole for the outhouse.
0: You did. Yes, you (laughs) did. Yeah. Uh, Overall though. I mean, it was a fantastic weekend. The weather cooperated for us this year. We got to have a ton of fun out there and just, yeah, I
2: got Bijan Robinson on my team. Like it was a good weekend.
0: Hey, you know, I'm happy. I went in with one pick. I came out with what, five players, four players and, and a couple of picks for, for next year. So overall, I'm, I'm pretty happy with how the weekend went. So
1: I'm as well made a trade up in, in the draft during the draft. As I, as I tend to do, I did the same last year to move up to get John Dotson.
0: So, uh, yeah, I, I like it. Yep. Yep. We all got to watch Jeff spend two hours trying to make hot dogs in the fire. Um, (laughs) And I've never laughed so hard at something that wasn't even supposed to be that funny, but I was in tears. So he he did have a process and he was very upset that I asked if he needed help. So uh, it was, it was a a great weekend. I I can't stress enough if you have longstanding leagues or, you know, you're in leagues with like really good friends and stuff to do, do something like that, you know, make a a weekend out of it or, you know, get away and do something like that. It it gets you it to me, it opens up like the trades even more too. Cause you're like, for us, we're just sitting around a fire, you know, we're talking and it kind of just gets you thinking about like what your team could need. It it opened it up a little bit more and every year it seems more and more active because of this. And I, I think that is pretty important to the whole thing.
2: Well, like, I think we talked about it on our last episode too. Our biggest concern going out to the middle of nowhere with no cell reception was going to be if Dalvin Cook got moved and we didn't know about it. But uh, the Vikings were kind enough to wait till today to uh, we're all back and back in the swing of things to make that happen.
0: This is very, very true. It's It didn't affect, uh, you know, McBride still went in the third round. I thought he would go a little bit sooner. Um, I probably could have taken him uh a little bit sooner I, I could have. I got Rishi Rice at the 3-5 instead of Dwayne McBride he went at the 3-6 but my team was in a little bit more need of wide receivers so I took the risk there but you know if you're drafting now uh like after this news does McBride move up for either of you guys
1: uh I mean maybe a couple spots if you're like if if prior to this moment you were torn between him and somebody else and maybe like leaning the other way just a little bit like maybe now i'd lean uh, lean mcbride's way but met, yeah not, not wean, a lot i'd lean yeah. McBride's way, <laughs>
0: yeah something like uh, that <laughs> I, I get it tongue twister um now what about what does this do for like dalvin cook for you guys like is it landing spot dependent are you trying to buy him before he gets traded wait till he gets traded like what's the value and where do you want to see him go
2: well I think no matter what happens he's gonna just hand grenade somebody's lineup roster because he's gonna go to a team that needs a running back and or may, maybe has one and be, make it into a committee and you thought you had the one and now you're all of a sudden losing touches with one of your guys like Regardless of where he goes, I think at this point most of the rosters in the NFL are set and most of our dynasty rosters are feeling pretty good. So he's gonna throw a wrench in all that. So
0: Yeah, it's gonna be crazy when Atlanta signs him. Dude, oh <laughs> my gosh. Don't, <laughs> that, yeah, don't put that evil out in the world.
1: There's no way they'd do that with Algier <laughs> already there to steal plenty of touches from Bijan this year. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh,
2: it's gonna be the Seahawks. Uh Pete Carroll can't help himself, you know. <laughs> oh, so true.
0: oh, that that would just be I would just be mind blown. <laughs> you see Walker, Charbonnet, and Cook all have to try and split touches. <laughs> oh. Uh, that would be disgusting.
2: The, the one like the the sexiest one is Miami. Yeah. Um, but even them they they brought back Mostert Wilson and they drafted A-Chain, so like we already don't know what that backfield's going to look like and add a fourth running back. I mean, maybe not all of them make it through preseason and training camp, but A-Chain certainly will, but um yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of implications, you know, ripple effects from the whole thing. Well, that
1: might be Buffalo.
0: There's three teams, yeah, that I've heard like that potentially could go after him. It, it, Kansas City, Denver, and Buffalo, because their backfields one, I mean Pacheco, yes, he had a good end of the season, but you put a player like Dalvin Cook on the Chiefs, obviously huge difference. Does he want to go to Buffalo to play with his brother? Does he want to handcuff his brother's career, essentially, is what he would be doing? And then, you know, Denver got P. Rhyme, but is he he the back that they really, really want? Or could you get someone like Dalvin Cook cheap? I mean, those are three spots that I've read quite a bit on on, you know, Twitter recently.
2: Well, not only that, we still have Zeke, Fournette, and Hunt out there, too. Like, I think... I think Cook is definitely the... the, He's got the most juice left out of any of those guys, but he may be the first domino to fall, so everybody else is kind of waiting to see what happens, but there's still some talent out there.
1: Mm -hmm. Some
2: vultures out there.
1: Yeah, Yeah, definitely some vultures out there is a good way to put it, because wherever those guys land, they're going to take touches away from somebody who's probably younger and more exciting, who people really are excited about for fantasy this year, and that's going to... It's going to take away, that. yeah. It's going to take away some some upside for sure from a couple of these young guys. Almost certainly, at least at least to start the season. So, with those older backs, you know, you've always got a slightly increased risk for injury and things like that. And so, um, excuse me, that you know, it could absolutely later on in the season turn into a workhorse load for some of those young guys, but there's going to be two or three of them who end up having to share more work than we think of right, right now. So we'll have to watch how those dominoes fall. With,
2: with Denver being reportedly in, in on him, does that mean like Javante's not as close as they're saying? Or?
0: I wondered the same thing actually, you know, like, I mean, yeah, I get he's at OTAs. They're talking to, you know, he's not going to start the season on the pub list, but if you're even looking at someone like Dalvin cook, you're, Basically saying that you don't expect a, him to be fully ready this year. I mean, if you sign Dalvin Cook, Javante has a very limited role this year.
1: Yeah, at least to start the season, for sure. I think, yeah. yeah, you got to follow the money. Like, if they're able to get him for really cheap, then it doesn't imply much. But if they spend any kind of money or actually, like, trade to get him, then I would say, yeah, that, that leans... Towards uh, Javante not being healthy for the start of the season, yeah.
2: the The saddest part of all of this is Dalvin Cook is twenty seven years old, coming off a four straight thousand yard season. That's like I don't know, like I, I read like fifty nine touchdowns or something outrageous, and he's like begging for a job, almost like mamas don't let your babies grow to be running
0: backs, Amen. hundred <laughs> percent. Like it, it, you know, he if he goes to Dallas. I mean, Zach, I know, you know, you've talked a little bit about that. Like, what does that do to Pollard? What does that do to Cook? You know, I mean, I think that's going to nuke both of them, essentially.
2: I don't know what it does. I mean, Zeke still had a ton of touches last year with, like, dead legs, and Pollard was still, what, RB7 on the year.
0: That was with Zeke taking all the goal line carries. True, which is what Cook would do.
2: I mean and in fairness Pollard struggled in the red zone so it's not like he just lost out on those he did have opportunities he just didn't convert them. Yeah. He was great, you know, outside the 20 and in the receiving game,
0: but Yeah, there's a lot of I mean it's right now it's really up in the air. Uh you know, the the number one I think betting spot for him is Buffalo. But that's also the number one betting spot for DeAndre Hopkins to go as well. Right now, it's like a plus 200 for him to go to Buffalo, even though he's been going to Tennessee. I mean, there's Houston. There's these other teams that could probably pay him more, but Buffalo's the team that's like the betting favorite for him. Like, where, Where do you guys see Hopkins landing?
1: I think it's probably more likely to, in my opinion, that Hopkins lands in Buffalo and we see Dalvin Cook go elsewhere. I I certainly think it it's not going to, we're not going to, excuse me, we're not going to see both those guys go to Buffalo. Yeah, yeah that I would be insane
2: for both. Anybody good at least. And I assume both of them want to go to contenders.
0: Well, that's what I keep thinking. Like they keep, you know, everyone talks about how he wants to go to a team with a, Good defense, a good quarterback, and that's a contender.
2: Yeah, don't we all?
0: And yet, yeah. and yet, he's meeting with Houston, Tennessee, like all these teams that like I, I just don't see as contenders. You know, so
2: well, by this point in the offseason, most of the cap space is accounted for. Like, it's either spent or it's you know, like like the Cowboys are gonna have to lock up Lamb and. Parsons and well, Dak.
1: Hey, also to be fair, Houston or Tennessee are completely capable of winning their terrible, terrible division. So <laughs> that's true. They they could be a, a playoff contender of, of sorts. So I don't think they're either team's a championship contender, but you know, you can if you can get on a team that can win its division, anything could happen in the playoffs.
0: True. But both are likely going to gonna be starting rookie quarterbacks at some point. I mean, maybe not Tennessee, Um, you know, Houston for sure. I get, I think if they want to help the development of Stroud, they go hard at trying to get Hopkins. I mean, talk about giving your young quarterback, you know, that just boost of confidence and throw it up and he's going to catch it kind of a guy. So
2: has he actually met with Houston? I know, like, we, I heard he was going to, but I, I think Tennessee is the only one I've actually heard him meeting with.
0: I think it's the only one that he's actually met with, but this is all coming out since he signed with his agent. Um, I know there was a lot more rumors before he actually signed with an agency to be able to, like, have someone represent him. So I wonder,
2: too, because specifically with Houston, and I can see it going either way. Since he played most of his career there, does, like, does he want to finish his career there? Or does he have, like, you know, burnt bridges and refuse to go back there, especially given that they're not contenders anymore? I mean, and
0: um, how dirty they did him. <laughs> yeah. Like,
2: It's crazy. So. Like, at the time, that trade looked so bad. It was, like, a second and uh, the corpse of David Johnson, and they ended up winning that trade, given yeah. that he did nothing in Arizona.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, not, he not was
1: productive fault, when but. he was on the field
0: yeah it was injuries that really
1: he
2: was productive, but the Cardinals were you remember like the year prior they were um they were winning that the nFC for like first half the season. Kyler was like the lead at the halfway point for MVP and then like they fell off yeah and then he had the suspension last year and he was
1: suspended
0: it. and then he was yeah yeah it, it they were what eight and zero. The first year they got him, didn't they start 8 0 with him?
1: Yeah, they did.
0: They
2: him and they brought in Zach Ertz and the Corpse of AJ Green and
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and they AJ. were they were leading the <laughs> NFC for a while. And the, and Hopkins was absolutely dominating targets in that offense. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember because I, I mean, had him on my team. It was great.
0: <laughs> from a fantasy perspective, like I would love to see him go to Buffalo or Kansas city as a Bronco fan, I will be so mad if he goes to Kansas city. <laughs> so like that will just, that'll hurt my heart. I feel like Buffalo's
2: the the team and it, it happens every year and it happens in every like sport where like, there's a team that's really good and like, they're just missing like one piece. And so like every free agent or guy on the trade block gets linked to them. I remember the last two years looking at the draft. I thought, oh, man, if Buffalo lands Brees Hall in the draft, they're going to be insane. And they just never spend the the money or the capital to to pull it off. So, given that this is late in free agency, I I wouldn't be as shocked if they did it now. Whereas I would have been shocked had they done the trade a month ago.
0: Well, the last time they went like really hard at somebody was when they went after Stefan Diggs. Yeah. You know, and I think this move right here puts them, I mean, a a three player, a three wide receiver room of, you know, Diggs, Hopkins, and even whatever Gabe Davis is. I mean, Gabe Davis is still a red zone threat. He may not be what we, everyone talked him up to be last year, me being included. Um, You know what? It's fine. He's going to be okay. Um, You know, he... That's still a really dangerous three you know three wide receiver set, like I mean, it's hard to pick and choose which which one to guard. I mean
1: Hey Brandon, th- there's plenty of people on Twitter who also aren't ready to give up on Gabe Davis, so just know that you're not alone.
0: I've given up on Gabe Davis, but <laughs> uh, I wanted really hard last year to believe in Gabe Davis. Um, I was one of them, I was very high on him, and I can admit that, and I was man, was I wrong? Uh, he lost me quite a few weeks by starting him, so uh, it it is what it is. But I think if they want to take that step, I mean they they just keep coming up just short, just like you know the Buffalo Bills always do. And maybe Hopkins is that player that puts him over the that hump, you know, to get there if he can stay healthy.
2: He's yeah. not going to want a one year deal, though. I think is the the correct.
0: Yeah, he wants a three year deal. That's what I heard. So, I don't know. I don't know where he ends up. I guess, you know, the short time we'll we'll find out. But I just I don't know where he's gonna where he's gonna end up going.
2: You can plug him into just about any roster, any playoff contending roster, and be like, man, that guy makes that team better. And and Absolutely. I think just about any team can maneuver enough money to make him work this year. But past that, I, I don't know if it's realistic given his age and how much money he. He's worth, I mean, if he produces like he has in the past, you know.
0: Yeah. Was there any other big signings or free agencies that's happened? I mean, uh, that has to do with fantasy football, I guess, because...
2: No, we had our first real injury though, so football season has officially started.
1: Yeah, who was that? The punt returner for...
2: We also had a was a herniated disc in our combine. So like it
0: really has started. It's, it's, it's officially started. Yeah. Did you guys actually hear? I'm, I'm curious on this door. And I don't know if you heard this, but that if uh, Jimmy G does not heal up on time, the Raiders are linked to Carson Wentz.
1: Interesting. I guess that kind of makes sense because he's kind of like probably the top QB just kind of floating out there in free agency still.
0: That you could still get pretty cheap to, you, hold, yeah, a reasonable place.
1: price for a placeholder for the next year to year and a half. You know, depending how ready the rookie you bring in next year is right. to to start.
0: you guys have your, first, you have your workouts first to. next year, right?
1: Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Good. Cam yeah, we're posting
2: workouts. Matt Ryan's out there. I mean, you. You could do worse. Yeah. I don't think Carson Wentz is ever the answer.
1: No, I'm not like it's just a bridge quarterback the same way a Matt Ryan would be, like you're not gonna win a championship. And I don't know if a guy like Matt Ryan would want to come to Vegas for a year to suck, you know? So maybe, but <laughs> I think he'd be okay hey, with just him.
0: playing football again. Hey, if that's what he at this point do? I don't think he's playing football.
1: I I think, I think that'd be a smart move, but you know, we got to have somebody to start. So if Jimmy G's not ready, they'll figure something out. But uh, the longer it takes to know whether or not he's going to be ready, the less prepared, whoever we bring in is going to be for the start of the regular season. So, you know, that's something to factor in. I could definitely see us like signing somebody sooner rather than later in the, you know, with that potential lingering there.
2: I know Brady came out and said that he's done, but I'm never going to let that go. As long as there's a sliver of a chance, it just makes too much sense.
1: Yeah, but there's all sorts scary. of approvals and stuff they'd need because he's becoming part owner of the Raiders and as well. So it, it would be very complicated Whereas signing somebody like Matt Ryan or Carson Wentz
0: is a pretty clean process. So, does that hurt at all? Like saying that, like we might sign, we could sign Matt Ryan to play quarterback for us.
1: I mean, I don't expect us to be good this year, so not really. It just it would give us a better chance at Caleb Williams next year if we <laughs> yeah. were to bring in a Matt Ryan instead of Jimmy G or a or a Carson Wentz instead of Jimmy G.
0: On the so sp- of
2: hurting, does that is like? Signing Carson Wentz versus like giving up multiple firsts for
0: Russell Wilson like hey, I'll be okay okay with it I'll be fine. I'm not worried You're a little worried. (laughs) I'm not worried You know, I'm gonna put my money where my mouth is I I do it every year
1: I think unless Jimmy G is good to go and uh McDaniels can somehow unlock Jimmy G and he and Jimmy G unlocks McDaniels offense in like a you know magical some you know like sports movie kind of way the the Raiders are not going to be that good this year and probably best case scenario is uh we finish worse than the team actually is with some of the young talent we have there and a couple guys like Max Crosby and stuff who are actually good Devonte Adams you know and uh we end up getting Caleb Williams and a new coach next year. So yeah, that's, that's probably best case scenario. Is
2: this is supposed to be the time of year where like optimism runs high and I'm just, I'm just not feeling it, Jordan.
1: Yeah. It's supposed to be that time of year, but I'm, you know, I've, I've been here before. <laughs> For many, many years, and as a, a fan of the Raiders, Blazers, and uh, Gonzaga Bulldogs, who was born in 1988, I, I've seen all of those teams lose a championship and never win one, so I, I'm, I'm ready to be disappointed.
2: I'm ready to hurt again.
1: Yes, yes, bring on the pain, it's why I'm a sports fan, it's not to be happy, it's to be miserable.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is why this is why we don't jump teams. We deal with our team's pain. Yes, and and then we're excited when there's you know real real moments. I mean that's why Zach's a Cowboys fan, right?
2: Yeah, I got brainwashed at an early age, and it was all downhill. Yep.
1: Yeah, yep, same yep. here. And now I'm just now I love I love the pain. Bring it on.
0: I didn't. I didn't. I don't even. I didn't even get. I became a Bronco fan to root against my dad's team. That was such a terrible son. <laughs> <laughs> my dad's a Chiefs fan, and it just kind of happened. You were not so happy. Really. I, I could have been. What happened to me? <laughs> uh, now I just live in the misery of knowing Mahomes is going to be in my division for the next 10 years at least. Yeah.
2: You had you uh, had some good times in there. I've did. had some great times in there.
0: I've, I've seen three championships, and... In my, you know, life that I actually like watched and remembered, so I'm perfectly I just, fine.
1: I with just it. want one. I just want one in my lifetime for any of those teams.
0: Stop so, being greedy. You could you could you could switch off the Raiders and you might get one there.
1: I'm asking but, asking
0: too much. I know. I know. I, I would be happy. I, I, I wouldn't find one off the Blazers. So I'm 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 rooting for you on that one. That's
1: the one we'd all be happy with. Yes the only thing our group of friends agrees on entirely is hey we're all blazers fans
2: i don't think that's true i think we could all just really revel in america's team winning ring number seven and just you know really coming together about that like we probably
0: won't see that in our lifetime so it's fine this is our year i said it oh wow (laughs)
1: cowboys fans said this is our year where have i heard that before (laughs)
2: I'm not Uh, saying it doesn't happen. I'm definitely saying that sarcastically (laughs) because I just expect the worst come January. But uh, I think I've heard every other fan base tell us that we say that more than I've ever heard the Cowboys say that.
1: (laughs) I thought it was your slogan. So I guess I'm wrong. No, we're just America's team, baby. Okay. Okay.
2: We have a um, hole in the roof so God can look down at his favorite team. Come on.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> should my we
0: gosh. get into some draft? <laughs> Yeah, We should count? get away from this. You invited this, me onto this podcast. This is propaganda.
1: <laughs> and mm-hmm. I don't like it.
0: His Twitter is at <laughs> Zach. Yes, please uh, send your,
1: your Cowboys hate to at Best Coast Zach on Twitter. Uh, I will. Respond.
0: And he will will respond. Um, All right. Well, let's hop into we tomorrow night. We have our uh, best coast dynasty league. We started this up when we actually started this podcast, invited uh, some people from Twitter and kind of just all around some different friends and people that have been on the podcast are a part of this. Um, And tomorrow night we have our draft for that. Uh, It is a 12 team super flex tight end premium league. So uh, we wanted to kind of add a little bit of everything into that league to to try our hand at it a little bit. and um i was I was definitely humbled in year one. um I think a lot of us were. uh Zach blew it up in year one, and this is his draft. uh, what six first round picks tomorrow night?
2: Yeah, I got all the infinity stones, so it's looking good. <laughs> yeah,
0: he's gonna he's gonna end up with uh Bijan, QB one and QB two which I believe you're going young and Richardson. I, I right? don't have pick
2: three. So I, I highly doubt I get QB two. If he wants to take uh, Gibbs or JSN at three, I will gladly take uh, young with the fourth. Pick. Mm.
0: Yeah. So it's going to be going to be interesting how, how everything plays out. I, again, in just like every league that I practically take place in, I hate draft picks. So I, I don't even think I have one tomorrow night. Um, do you not have
1: any at all? I thought you had like a third I or a have the four, I have
0: the fourth. I have the 10th pick in the fourth round. Okay. I do. Yeah. Yeah, that yes. sounds
1: about right. That's usually how Brandon's drafts go. He yes. He has one pick <laughs> in the third or the fourth round.
0: Hey, I always end, end up with more.
1: Yeah, by the end of the draft, you have more than that.
0: So, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll sneak my way into it tomorrow somehow.
1: Have you traded um, 2026 draft picks yet?
0: Just my third.
1: Oh, okay. All right. Only one.
0: I held on to my first and second somehow. Four <laughs> um, so within the week. No, I'm holding those because my team's gonna be so dang old that I'm gonna have to hold on to those.
1: That's true. I, At some point, you are gonna need some some young guys for that team.
0: Hmm. I went all in. I took a I took over a team in that in our other league, and I went all in and I traded basically every draft pick I had as well as numerous players to try and build a contending okay. team all to lose in the playoffs like usual. So you had I the have one this. seed.
2: So like, that was fun.
0: I did. I did have the one seed and then my team decided to have its worst week. The entire season in the playoffs, it was awesome. So
1: way she goes. Sometimes yeah. she goes, sometimes she doesn't go.
0: Yep. Usually, happens. Doesn't.
1: Usually she doesn't go.
0: <laughs> there can only be, there can only be one champion and, this year, I will say it was, it was Johnson. He did, he did win it. So it's, it, it pains me, but it was not me. So, but as far as best coast goes, you know, what are your, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit about superflex and, and different things like that. When you guys go into a draft, like tomorrow night, when, you know, you have a chance to move up in the draft, are you looking at packaging picks? Are you looking at, is there, you know, are you just looking at the board and then trying to decide like do I want to move up? Do I, you know, want to try and snag this pick before someone's selected? Is that is that how you go into every draft? Is it is it different for you know online drafts versus live drafts? I definitely ah. feel different online.
2: There's less less
1: banter. For sure, for sure. It, it's probably harder to get trades done in an online draft as well. An in-person draft, you can really like wheel and deal just like looking at the draft board and talking to the people around you and being like, Oh, I let's see if I can do this, you know, like you're on the clock and you seem uncertain of who you want to take. I know exactly who I'd take here. So let's, you know, make something happen.
0: You can um, look into their soul. Yeah. Really, yeah. Really decide if you want or, it. Yeah.
2: When all it takes is a press of a button or click of a mouse or something to draft somebody. It's a lot harder to take somebody around the shoulder and just be like, Hey, what do you want? You know, (laughs) they can, they can lock it in before you even have that opportunity. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely open to making trades to all of our uh, league mates looking at all, all of that draft capital I have tomorrow. Um, But I mean, I've, at this point, I've done so much research. I've done so many other drafts and mock drafts. Like I, I, pretty much know who I'm taking for most of those picks. You know the, the the end of the rounds. You, you never really know because it that's depends on who other people take. You can only do so many mocks against computers. When when people get introduced, chaos gets introduced. So we'll see. But the the first half of the draft, I I have locked in. and I mean, if somebody wants to buy Jameer Gibbs or. Anthony Richardson off of me, it's going to cost them, but I'm, my team is so, uh, bereft of talent. I traded literally everybody other than, uh, what Garrett Wilson. Um, I, I, need to make picks at some point. So,
0: yeah, you did manage to get, what didn't you get Debo? You got Debo in a trade too.
2: I did. I did land Debo. Um, it was offered to me. It was, a uh, I didn't turn it down. Yeah. I, I, I traded, uh, Calvin Ridley for him. Um, Debo's definitely ranked higher on like KTC or some of those other ones. But if you told me Ridley scored more points next year, it wouldn't shock me with Trevor Lawrence throwing him the ball.
1: No, I could see that going either way, but you got some other assets along with Debo, didn't you?
2: No, I was a one for one.
1: One oh, for again. one, straight up. Yeah. All
2: right. Basically, if you were good at football, I traded you away last year unless you were a rookie or suspended. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I I usually have some guys that I'm targeting when I enter a draft. Um, That tends to be my philosophy is like, just get your guys. Like, especially when you spend as much time as I do in the off season, like looking into these rookies and doing mock drafts and stuff like I sit there and I look at the board and I go, OK, this guy shouldn't still be there and I want him for this team. So how do I make that happen? Like that's, you know if I have my picks and I'm happy with where they are and I'm happy with the guys I can get there, I'll just sit there and take the guy that I know is going to fall to me right there and be happy with that pick. But other times I'm looking at it and going, okay, I'm going to move up to get this guy or, um, you know, it happened like if I had been in a spot where, um, in the third round, like I traded up from my third round pick into the second, uh, early second to get Jaden Reed this year at our draft. And, Uh, you know, like I, I, it was a guy I wanted to go get. And had I been sitting there later in the third and could have moved back with what was left on the board for me at three seven, a lot of, in a lot of the mocks had things played out that way, I would have been happy to move back from the three seven or out of it entirely. So, you know, using it to move myself up to a guy that I really liked in the early second round was worth it to me. I gave up a 25 first. Um, and that's, you know, uh, we'll see how that goes. Like I generally trade away my firsts and then eventually get back into the first round for, you know, um, uh, moving, moving players around and stuff. So, uh, I'm, you know, I'm fine moving that future first, getting the guy I want early in the second and I feel good about it.
0: Yeah. I messed up on that one actually. Um, I forgot how high you were on him and I, I did think he was going to fall to me at the two five. Um, and so I kind of, that one kinda of backfired a little bit on me. Um I mean I'm happy with it. I still got Mims. That was who I was originally gonna take at the two three, so it wasn't wasn't too bad, but um I, I do I like that. I liked that pick and where you went with it. So, you know, it it worked out both ways. I mean, I still ended up with the guy that I wanted and that could have backfired on me because he easily could've went at the two four and I would have lost out, but um I also knew who was picking at 2-4, so I had a little bit of... I was okay there.
1: (laughs) I mean, last year I did basically the same thing with Jahan Dotson. He was sitting there at the 2-5. I had, I think, like the 2-9 and a third-round pick, and I traded those two to move up to the 2-5 and grab Jahan Dotson because I knew he shouldn't still be there, and I think this guy's a guy I want on my team. So, you know, that's how I'll approach it. Like, I'm not... I'm never looking specifically to move up, but I'll watch the board see how things fall. And if a guy's not supposed to be there and I want, and they're a guy that I like, I, I will, I will just go make it happen and get that guy on my team. And I think it's a smart strategy. Like it's, it doesn't always work out. Like I could always be wrong on the player. Jaden Reed could be nothing. John Dotson could have been nothing, but like so far it worked out with John Dotson. I'm glad I went and got him for my team. I needed young wide receivers and that's what I got. And So, you know, when you when you come up with a plan and execute that plan, that's usually when it feels best. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out like a lot of this is, you know, just guessing and chance. But go get the guys you want.
2: (laughs) I just want to echo that. That's a a really smart, maybe even brilliant plan, Uh, because that's exactly what I did with Jalen Hyatt, too. (laughs) Uh Uh Uh-huh. He fell to three nine. Uh, I mean, I don't think he's going to be a wide receiver one, but I think he's got talent and opportunity in New York. Um, we had we had a run on some running backs who were drafted because they're running backs. I think right before that, so I traded a future second for the three nine and a future third. You know, nothing, nothing sexy. Really talking about trading two thirds or a second for two thirds, but I, I had him as a second grade or second round grade. So I felt I felt good about that, and like kind of the audacity of our league to let him drop that far. I I had to swoop at that point. Plus, plus yeah, I was really needed to get it because agree. you
0: had the second. <laughs> we both went to him at the same time, but you had the second, and I couldn't I couldn't get in there to to get that pick. I mean, I saw the same thing when I saw him keep going. I was like, okay. You know, I, I did go running back, but that was, I wanted some younger talent, you know, running back. I did like Zach Evans. I had him higher than even three, seven, two. So that's why I took him at the three, seven, but you know, Hyatt at three, nine, I, I wanted to try and get back in, you know, that was a, I thought that was a great move.
2: My, my draft was complete. I had spent all my picks and was kind of, you know, roster baiting or however you want to call it, just looking at, you know. (laughs) plugging those guys in I was like hold on the this this guy ain't gone yet all right let, let me let me go talk to somebody
1: <laughs> that's what you gotta yeah. do and just be ready to move and and make the moves you want to want to make you're gonna be happier with your team and like even if it doesn't work out you're gonna be like well I got that guy like I did what I wanted to do I executed my plan I feel good about my roster and we'll see what happens.
0: So let's go through our draft a little bit. Um our we have four rounds. It's a 10 team league. Um let's go through yeah, one quarterback league. Um let's go through a little bit of of the breakdown as far as you know how it goes. We we kind of figured the first three were gonna be the way they were. Bijan 101, Jameer Gibbs went one two, both of those went to Zach. Um Damn. And then JSN went 103, which those are probably going to be your first three in a one QB league. Um, and then Jordan, you ended up going Jordan Addison, correct? What What made you go Jordan Addison? I mean, we've talked a little bit about the maybe Jordan Addison, maybe QJ, and then Zach, same thing with you. Like, you know, once you know QJ kind of fell to you, that was the 103. Five. So what made you go Addison over QJ in that instance?
1: Uh, I waffled on this a lot. I like both of the players and I think, you know, they're, they're pretty close. Um, it was just preference. Like I like Addison. I like his opportunity a little bit more. Yeah. Um, you know, at least for this year, I have a contending team and I think there's a higher chance that Addison, you know, gets close to a hundred targets than Quentin Johnston this year, just because of the way the wide receiver rooms are. So that was pretty much the tiebreaker for me is just who do I think could maybe have a, a quicker impact on a team that I'm trying to take to the championship this year. Uh, I think, you know, either way you choose them at four and five and at one QB is is just fine. But I think they should be four and five.
2: See, our, Jordan and I are both contenders in this league, and I have an embarrassment of riches at wide receiver. So I looked at Addison as being safer and, like you said, could have more immediate impact. But I think QJ has substantially a higher floor, just given his, like, athleticism and being tied to Herbert. So, like, I was really torn between... I knew I was pretty sure you were going to take Addison. I was torn between the two of them and even Zach Charbonnet because I do have Ken Walker. I was like, do I want to draft a handcuff at the five? I mean, he's the only running back who went in the second round. So I, was, I was really struggling on it. Um, but given that I'd already drafted two running backs, traded for a running back already this offseason, preseason, whatever you want to call it, I went for just the, the upside play there. Because realistically, none of them were going to start for me this year unless, like, catastrophe happens. So it, it was more of a long-term play with QJ. Plus, I'm not, not going to lie, I saw some of those, like, OTA hype videos that kind of got me a little bit excited. They, they, they <laughs> i right bothered. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was catching it with his hands. Have you seen this?
0: A
1: dude, not with it his chest? A, it was a miracle.
0: He's learning. He's learning quick. Oh my God.
1: No yeah. body in that catch. Just hands.
0: And then uh Zay Flowers went at the one six, which is pretty pretty common right there. The a string of those four wide receivers in kind of any order in the Addison, Quentin Johnston, and then Zay Flowers. Um and, and then that those four went all in a row
2: in the real draft, so that's that's fitting.
0: Yep. Slightly yep. different order. And then uh Jordan, you took Charbonnet yes, at I the one oh seven. What made you go there over the next two running backs that were taken in our draft?
1: For me, the next two running backs weren't even in consideration at this spot. Uh, That's the way it went in the draft, but I was looking, I was choosing between Charbonnet and Anthony Richardson. Okay. And I, I heavily considered Anthony Richardson and it, it was tight, but I didn't think Charbonnet would actually be there. I thought I'd be looking at Zay Flowers and Anthony Richardson and probably take anthony richardson but with charbonnet still being there uh you know only running back that went in the second round like zach said um the landing spot's not great but i loved the talent pre-draft i hated the landing spot but you can't let the landing spot knock you off a guy who checks like every other box you know like he's a great prospect he's got good hands um you know, uh, some of the stuff that I've seen about Ken Walker in the off season has given me a little, like, I still think Walker's going to be the starter off the bat, but I think there's a possibility that Charbonnet is a much better pass catcher and earns, you know, a, a larger share of, of the third down work. Um, and you know, may, may be able to put him in a, in a situation where he could be the one at some point down the road. So, uh, I just like Charbonnet. I like the talent and uh, you know, he was before pretty the... cemented as the
2: RB3 like pre draft. So, like,
1: yeah, pre draft, I was like, when we were doing some mocks early on, I was drafting him at the 104.
0: Yeah, we definitely were.
1: So, um, to get him at 1 7, I was really happy.
0: Yeah. And then uh, A Chain went next. Uh, Kendra Miller and then Anthony Richardson rounded out our first round. I
1: tried to trade um, up to the 110 so that I could draft Anthony Richardson and Johnson would not move. So.
2: Well, now that <laughs> he's been picked, I'm sure he's worth more than the 110 would have gone for.
0: Uh, yeah, probably. Probably. Yep. Uh, in the back and team, then, I
2: mean, we talk about the cheat code that he is. Um, Some yeah, community team, because yeah, the guy who drafted him has like five, five quarterbacks, including Allen. So it's not like he's needing him. That was that, that was one of those picks where, like everybody on your league hates it. I hated it. He, he doesn't need that guy, but like if you're not gonna start somebody, take the guy you can flip potentially for that has the most value, you know? Instead of reaching yep. on somebody your, your fifth guy on your roster, like
0: I get it. It was it was smart. Uh Roshan Johnson went next. Um, I'm still, Ritter is still on my list, um, to keep it PG. He lied to me. He'll deny it, but he did. Uh, and then Tajay Spears. And then this is where you moved up at the two, three, um, to take, uh, Jaden Reed.
1: Correct.
0: And I thought that was a great, a great move. Um, I am the one that traded you. I don't think I would have even blinked at it if you wouldn't have offered the 25 first. Um, Granted, there was a mix-up in my head, but it doesn't matter either way. Um, I think if you would have offered, you know, a second and a third or anything like that, I probably wouldn't have even considered it. I think that first is really the only reason why I did, because I liked Jaden Reed and I liked Mims, and I probably could have got both, Um, but I think that was... That was a smart move on your end to, to jump up right there. And I liked and get them it.
1: both as well. And when I couldn't move up to get Anthony Richardson, kind of my backup plan was like, uh, look at Jaden Reed, look at Marvin Mims, and maybe even look at Jonathan Mingo and try and get myself into the second round to get one of those guys. Um, Mm -hmm. so I guess like, I, you know, potentially I could have waited a little longer and tried to get Marvin Mims or Jonathan Mingo, but I did like Jaden Reed the most of those three and it just felt worth it to me to go just get, you know, like I said, get your guy. Um, had that not worked out, had you just taken Jaden Reed there at three, I would have continued to try and move to, you know, the five, six, seven to try and get Mims or Mingo. Uh, I liked those guys and it, It felt like a good spot to try and grab a wide receiver where, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't cost you that much to get into that range. Like, yeah, I gave up a 25 first, but I've got two years to try and get a 25 first. So I'm not worried about that. I don't even have Mm -hmm. to picks next year, but I've added a lot of talent the last two drafts. So it's not, it's not urgent for me to go get a bunch of young guys on my team. So it, uh, it, you know,
0: it, it felt like a good move and then uh Dalton Kincaid went next and then I was back on the clock here and I I actually was torn between Mingo and Mims my initial the nice. initial reason why I moved into the second round was to get Mims which is ultimately why I went there um yes it, the homer part played a role in it um but I I do like the the Mingo pick there uh curious to see what type of receiver you know mingo is going to be like we've talked about quite a bit with young quarterback the wide receiver room is wide open there um which is why i almost leaned that way just because you know denver's wide receiver room is crowded at the moment so would you which way you were jordan you talked about moving up if i would have taken jaden reed and then you tried to get the 205 from me which one would you have went with there, Mims or Mingo?
1: That's tough. But I think I probably would have gone Mingo because of what you just said. The the opportunity is wide open for Mingo, whereas Mims has a couple guys in front of him, you know, um Judy, uh, Sutton and Tim Patrick are all probably taking snaps ahead of Marvin Mims as it stands currently. So mm-hmm. um yeah, I, I would have taken Mingo and waited on Mims, but I was fine with all three of those guys as high as like the two three through the two five, you know. Mm-hmm. So, anywhere in the second, pretty much, I, I'm fine taking any of those three, at, however, you want to prioritize them. I think they're all really good second round picks, yeah.
0: And then Zach took his 12th running back of the draft, it felt like. Uh, <laughs> sure. uh he took Tank. Uh, then the second tight end went off the board mayor then mingo uh first quarter or second quarterback i guess uh young went at the two nine which is pretty good value for even a one qb league though um yep. Guy and went one one know, over on yeah and then uh alex took uh sam Laporta which that one kind of hurt i was i was kind of hoping he would drop to me at the three three but i'm happy with who I got. I just wanted him as like a a building piece. I have a really good young tight end, so I'm not too worried about it. Um you know it just it kind of surprised me to see him go that direction. Uh then Stroud went Josh Downs and then uh I took Wilson. Uh we talked a lot about him. I was actually I almost missed on taking him uh the 3-3. I wasn't even paying attention didn't think he would still be there. Um, and then with you know the Hopkins getting released and all that stuff, I, I really like that pick at three three. Does he move up at all for you guys, or is that still the range that he's going for you guys? Is is the three three spot? That's right bad. around there.
2: I mean, I can't. I'm surprised he went above Rice. I know you got both of them, so it didn't really matter. And I'm surprised he went above Hyatt. Um, I, honestly, I. I don't have him ranked super high. I didn't do a lot of scouting on him, so like, shame on me. But that Arizona team's a mess. Yeah, he's got opportunity, but I mean, is it is it going to be Kyler throwing Kyler throwing him the ball? Like, I'm not sure of that. And yeah, I mean, those
1: are those are all very fair criticisms. I do like the the opportunity. I think. Uh, you know, in the third, you can probably get him a little later because, like you said, Raishi Rice and Jalen Hyatt were still on our board at that point in time. So, like, you may have been able to take Raishi Rice and then still get Wilson at the two or at the three five, just you know, gotten both of them in reverse order. But mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the tier. Like, I'd certainly rather have Michael Wilson than Cedric Tillman currently or uh, Tank Dell, the wide receivers that went in the fourth round. So, um that seems that seems about right and i don't think it's you know a bad pick at all um michael wilson's somebody that i was targeting in the third round uh, i ended up getting rid of my third round pick in that deal to get the second but um he was a, a guy i was definitely going to be looking for if he was still there at 37 where i was at so
0: yeah and then Will Levis did go, and then, like we talked about, Reishi Rice kind of fell to me at the, the 3-5. I, I couldn't let him fall any further than that. Um, that's just a, you know, you never know pick. I mean, it's a third-round pick. It's not going to hurt you, but yeah, you, we have no idea what the wide receiver room is going to look like for Kansas City again this year. So, I don't
2: think there are any bad picks in the third or fourth round, to be honest. like yeah. When someone no. like horrifically falls, like they – the odds of hitting a third or fourth round pick is just so astronomically low. Like get the guy you think has the best upside or best chance. And he's Absolutely. got, he's got, you know, Mahomes throwing him the ball. So like, he's got a better shot than anybody.
0: Yep. Yep. And a pretty open wide receiver room. So, you know, you, you just never know. Uh, Dwayne McBride went next. We kind of touched base on that a little bit. Um, I took uh, Zach Evans at the three seven that was strictly just kind of, I wanted a running back. I I had been targeting running backs way earlier, couldn't really get anything. And to me, there's a chance he does take over that backfield. So it was a risk that is, like we said, is worth taking in the third round and you just never know. Um, And I got that pick from uh, you, Jordan, in the Reed, the Jalen Reed trades. So um, it was worth it to take the risk there. Um, I almost did go Hyatt here. Um, I did, I was going to try and move up to the three nine where Zach ended up getting Hyatt. Uh, he beat me to it. I couldn't move up to the three eight because the person that was drafting at three eight was not at the draft. So I didn't have a chance to try and jump up to that spot. Um, and so that one, that one kind of, it, it is what it is. When there's one person that's not there, you're going to auto-draft for them, and, and that's what we did, and we just took the best available player for him. If you, um, if you
2: had taken Hyatt there with us drafting for him, he would have taken Evans. I would not have traded up then um, yeah. for Brown or, or anybody else on the board. Nobody really got me too uh, hot and bothered. So Yeah. Hyatt was definitely so, the end of – he was my tier break for the rest of the draft, to be honest.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I did make one more trade, but it was just kind of somebody that I wanted to see on my team out of just pure chance. Um, Brown went then Hyatt, like we had talked about. Uh, Musgrave, uh, Cedric Tillman went at the 4-1. Uh, Abba Ab- 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 N- N- yeah, Izzy Banakamba went, uh, went at the 4-2. Uh, Hooker did not go at four, three. No, it was um, Brock
1: Purdy. Brock
0: Purdy. Um, and I, I'm not sure if every draft does it this way, but we can draft free agents as well. Um, and so one of the free agents for our league still was Brock Purdy. So he was actually selected at four, three. Did he get dropped in the off season? That was shocked. He was. I, don't, I was shocked too. I had no idea he was available. So that one threw me way off. That was a. A great move, honestly, by by Ritter to even notice that. Um, and then I did move up. Uh, and yeah, he was the... dropped in
1: uh, back in March. Who dropped him, Pyman?
0: Pyman. Yeah. I could have guessed that. He's well known for dropping quarterbacks before he should drop quarterbacks. Still has um, Tom Brady though. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Hey, it could work out. He could end up on the Raiders. Uh, <laughs> it's
1: not happening.
0: Yeah, you never know. Um, I moved up. I took Tank Dell. That was strictly, I honestly, I he's fast as all heck, and and uh, Houston's wide receiver room. I have no idea what's going on there. Um, so I just wanted him at at a fourth round pick. It was just to have someone sit on my roster. He's someone I could drop if need be, but don't know who's gonna who's gonna go there. Um four five uh was uh shoemaker. I was waiting for Zach to do his song. The shoe
2: uh, man
0: Deuce Vaughn, um Darnell Washington, uh, a string of tight ends here kind of went uh toward the end. Um, I liked Eric my Gray Darnell
1: Washington at four seven. I was pretty no. happy with that. I wanted to come away with a tight end. I have Travis Kelsey and basically nobody behind him. Um, so yeah, I wanted to come away with one of those like top five tight ends,
0: and I
1: feel like I did that. Yeah, uh,
0: (laughs) Jeff drafted his third tight end of the night, Tucker Craft. Um, (laughs) did he draft Dalton Kincaid? He dropped, he dealt, yeah, he drafted Kincaid.
2: Kincaid went to Ritter. That was a trade that happened after the fact.
0: Okay. Okay. But well, I mean, took...
2: tight ends don't hit, so
1: like you're just you know diversifying. But prior them. to yeah. the
0: draft, he traded for Dallas Goddard.
1: <laughs> oh, that's right. And then he drafted Musgrave and Craft. Okay. Yeah. He
0: did have so... seven
2: picks coming in, so
1: you know
0: it wasn't bad. It just it shocked me. I mean, I get the. I mean the value is fine. They're late. in the
1: third and fourth round. Like that's, exactly. That's you when I'd like know. to take a tight end.
0: Yep. Yep. I mean, um there were a
2: couple guys that went undrafted that you could say, but like
0: at like the Puka? second to last
2: pick, like what are you gonna do? You know?
0: Like I'm still Puka so sad Niko? that you Yeah, I can't believe I let you get Puka for free.
2: U D F A, baby.
1: I, I, I messed up big I time. tried to make it trade. Since the draft, like to, to get rid of a, you know, to open up a spot so that I could bid on Puka Nakua.
2: but Yeah. Sean Tucker too. That's my, that's my steal.
1: Undrafted. Sean Tucker. You're one of those.
2: I mean, I dropped yeah. Benny Snell and Kyle Trask. Like it's not
1: like it no, cost me much. No, that's the thing. I just don't have it. Like we've talked about this though. My, my most droppable player right now feels like Rondale Moore. And I don't yeah. know.
0: You don't want to no. do that. Yeah. I
1: don't know if I'm ready to
0: part ways yet. Uh, yeah, I Yeah, I probably would still hold, but that's just me. And then our Mr. Irrelevant for our draft was Evan Hull running back for the Indianapolis Colts. So overall, you know, I think it was a, uh, I think the, probably the one of the biggest steals of the draft was Hyatt going to you at three, nine. Yeah. Um, you I know
1: I'm not a Hyatt believer, but I do think that was a, a really good value on him. Mm-hmm. I think M. Josh Rice Daniels at
0: the three two was really good value. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah I like the I like me getting Rice at the three five. I was I'm still kind of shocked he was there. Um,
2: I do want to apologize to to you two specifically and to, to all of our listeners though. Um, I came on this fine broadcast and defended taking a running back as a rebuilding team because they're good for three to five years. And then um, our resident full-on teardown <laughs> rebuilder drafted three of them very early and kind of threw everybody into a
0: tailspin. Right <laughs> uh, he threw me off so bad. I'm not
2: saying it was because of me, but I'm, I am saying that I had a, I had a hand in it.
0: Yeah. Full-on rebuild team took A-Chain, Roshon Johnson, and Tajay Spears.
1: I and really thought Ritter would end up taking Jaden Reed as a Packers fan, so I was really glad that he took those three running backs and I was able to get Reed there.
0: Yeah. Still gets me. Um, he's still on my S list, but we'll let it slide for now. So, all right, well, I think that's uh that's gonna do it for episode sixty four unless you guys got anything else you wanna throw in there.
1: No, that's it. No. we'll probably we'll talk about our superflex draft a little bit on the next show, and maybe uh well we'll see how much news there is, but maybe we'll do part of like a dynasty startup or something like that.
0: yeah, I like that. I like Do that. a startup, and
1: then it's on to redraft season, boys. It's coming yep. up quick. We got OTAs everywhere right now. We got lots of veterans in the building, like anywhere they're on a new team. The only guys really that I'm hearing about, like not at OTAs, are guys who like haven't signed their franchise tags and things like that.
0: Yeah, just to hold out guys, really. So,
1: Are we on Saquon
2: um, launch yet? Is that? I haven't heard anything about that since he said he wasn't going to sign.
1: Uh, there was some update about him today that he was like wearing Giants gear, so people were taking that as a good sign.
2: Slow news day, gotcha.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah for sure. Very <laughs> slow news day. Yeah. He had a we're Giants ball on cap on while he was wearing. shopping. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, it must be a good uh, sign for their negotiations.
0: <laughs> uh, he still Not supports the team.
2: Get that team gear for free,
0: so... Yeah, yeah, it was just it as it's it's probably like half of his well, no, not them. It's a of Half day. of his closet, but yeah, it's definitely laundry day. Um all right, well, you can find me at best coast or yeah, at best coast uh underscore brandon.
1: You can find me at best coast underscore jordan.
2: I'm at BCFF right? unders- b c f f It's b c no, it's b c f f
1: And bcff underscore amazing. jordan.
0: I am failing miserably. Um today but you know it wouldn't be a podcast if uh i did not mess something up that's so, true
2: yeah. it's a, you know, done good. It, Zach,
1: it wouldn't be a podcast if you didn't mess something up
0: i do have to say i've been doing pretty good i've been doing pretty good i we haven't had any you know real good bloopers um recently because of me so you didn't call them wookiees Oh, how did I not call them Wookiees? I'm actually really sad that I didn't call them Wookiees this whole offseason. Man. You've
2: grown. You know, this is your second year doing this.
0: You know, just getting a little better at this, unfortunately, because there was way too much comedy. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us. We do have a very special episode coming up in five episodes. That's right. Episode 69. We are going to be bringing all of our significant others onto the podcast, and they are going to be drafting a team that is going to compete throughout the season um, against each other in a best coast or a, a best ball format. And we cannot wait for this episode. We're going to mix up the players. They're just going to randomly draft them and we can't wait for that episode. So make sure to stay tuned for that one. It so. should be fun. Yes. Yes. So all I'm right, sure have it. The ball is too, so it's gonna be exciting. Oh, it's gonna be great! I cannot wait. They the team names are gonna be hilarious. It's gonna be it's gonna be all sorts of fun. We'll keep it updated on Twitter on you know weekly scores and and things like that. Um, it should be it should be loads of fun. So we might have to throw down a little a little water bet. Whichever significant other wins gets to water the other two. I think that would be fun. Ooh, hey, make it make it real interesting.
1: I don't know if I'll be on the next episode because I'm going to Mexico next week.
0: Oh, well, that sounds like way more fun. It's Jordan on a remote. But yeah, we'll just we'll just wire you in. No big deal.
1: I I well I don't know if I'll have a way to record while I'm down there. I don't. I wasn't planning on taking all of this equipment with me to Mexico. You got to
0: pack it all. You need to get another bag ready, <laughs> and all of it needs to go with you. That, I, that sounds like way more fun.
1: Can I pay to check my bag out of our our Best Coast fund?
0: <laughs> yeah, if uh, if if there was one, yes. Uh, Listeners, help still, us out. And it's still technically in the red and coming out of my account so <laughs> i've i've never
1: uh, i've never missed an episode
0: you are very impressive, and this is gonna be weird not having you in an episode uh, all right. I'll make up for it i'll i'll be uh I'll
1: be extra obnoxious in the following episode just to make up for it you promise? i promise. Yeah.
0: You got to compete with us, but all right, well, you guys have a great night and thank you everybody for listening and uh, we'll uh, see you guys next week.